And let's be. They invite up Sean, Elise, Logan, and Quill. Can you give it up for this beautiful young family as they make their way forward? We love doing. Hi, how are you? Can I have five? All right, good job, man. Good job. He is ready to rock and roll. He is not shy at all, are you? Didn't figure out how to make him shy? Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, anyway, listen, we just want to take a few moments and uh, just recognize um, the fact that you guys are doing something absolutely amazing. And uh, we have a choice with what we give back to God. God blesses us with things, with relationships, with people, and we have a choice. We can either hoard it and say mine, or we can say, you know what, we're going to give uh, this relationship back to God. So I don't know if you heard all the awes, but you can see Logan up there. What a cutie and quail. Wow, wow. So this morning we are dedicating both Logan and Quill. Logan James was born on December 11th, 2018 at 9.02 a.m., weighing seven pounds, six ounces. This is his, like, 15 seconds of fame, man. He is loving this. <laughs> Buddy, you were made for the big screen. I don't know if you know that. And then we have Quill Richard, who was born on March 26th, 2021 at 9 p.m., weighing four pounds and six ounces. And Sean, Sean and Elise have decided to dedicate these awesome little ones back to the Lord this morning. And that is such, such a big deal. This is such an awesome occasion. And it's a celebration. It truly is a celebration, again, of you guys making this choice. I want to read Psalm 127.3. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. And I know there are probably tough times where you're questioning that verse. You're like, are they really a gift, right? Let's just be honest. We're an honest church here, all right? But, but you know, 3 a.m., yeah, 3 a.m. in the morning, absolutely, when they're calling into bed with you. Um, but they truly are a gift from the Lord. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 27 and 28 says this, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. Such a special thing to dedicate these children back to God because there's only so much we can do under our own power, right, church? I don't know about you, but I find myself in trouble when I'm making my own decisions and doing things my own, my own way. But when we dedicate these kids back to God and we commit them back to God, it's just such a powerful and a beautiful thing that we get to do this morning. So I understand that there's some family that is visiting today. If uh, you are here and you are family of this amazing family, would you mind standing up? We just want to welcome you this morning. Can you give it up for this awesome family for visiting? <laughs> Must run in the family, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. We want to say welcome. We're glad that you guys are here today. So what we're going to do is we are going to talk to the parents. We're going to give them a charge, and then we'll turn to the congregation, and we're going to ask for you guys to be involved in this as well. So Sean and Elise, in the sight of God and in the presence of these witnesses, do you commit to bringing up Logan and Quill in the love and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? Do you promise to seek to lead them into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? 
And do you promise that you will be living examples of godliness and consistency before God? Yes. <laughs> Remember, they're a gift. They're a gift. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> it's tough. Church family, do you promise to pray for Logan and Quill as they grow and to pray for their parents as they continue into this journey of parenthood? Amen. They need lots of prayer, lots of prayer. <laughs> this is awesome. I don't even want to preach. Let's just do this all day. <laughs> Proverbs 22.6 says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. We want to pray one, one more time for, for your children, and then we actually have a, a small gift of a Bible and a card for you guys this morning. And so church, can you do me a favor? Can you just stretch your hand out towards this amazing family, and let's just pray for them this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you for the gift of children. God, we thank you for the blessing that they are. God, we just pray, Lord, that these two amazing kids, Logan and Quill, would just be raised, God, to follow you. God, I pray that they would have a hunger for your word, a thirst, Jesus, for your presence. And God, I just pray, Lord, that from this moment forward, Jesus, that they would just feel your presence in their lives, God. You would continue to lead them and guide them. And Jesus, just help Sean and Elise as they are raising their kids. And what a crazy world we live in. And there are tough decisions that need to be made and tough conversations that need to be had. God, I just pray that they would always be in your word, God. They would always be listening to your Holy Spirit and to know the best way to handle parenting and raising these two amazing boys. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Can we give it up for this family one more time? They did so good, so good. Thank you guys so much. We cannot wait to see what God does in these young boys' lives as they get older. All right, church, we are going to continue on in our foundation series. This is our last week of our foundation series. We started out week one talking about Jesus being our good shepherd. Week two, the importance of the word of God in our lives. Week three, we discussed prayer and how it's just, it's a, Conversations, communication between us and our creator. Then we talked about worship, how it's more than a song. It's the way that we choose to live our lives. We talked about community, how we are better together. And last week, we talked about generosity. This week, to end this series, I want to talk to you about the Great Commission. The Great Commission. If you're newer to the faith if you've never been here before, you're a visitor today, you might say, I have never even heard that phrase, the Great Commission. The Great Commission was a commandment. It's the final commandment that Jesus left us with while he was here on earth. You see, church, our goal isn't just to be as successful as we can be in man's eyes. By getting that job, getting that car, getting that boat, that cabin up north, you know, pursuing all those things, and that's it. That's not what this life is truly about. We have a goal. We have a job, and God gave that to us. Jesus gave that to us before he left. And I actually want to read the Great Commission to you this morning. It's found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. It says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Lord, we give you these moments as we dive into your word. God, as we just try to figure out what you are saying to us as a church today. God, I just pray that our hearts would be like that good fertile soil that we read about in the parables where this truth, these seeds of truth would be planted in us. God, that they would grow to bear fruit. God, I pray that each and every person in this room would be challenged by your word and by the Holy Spirit this morning. God, I believe that we are all here for a reason. Everyone that is hearing this message this morning, this is a God-ordained moment. I believe it with my whole heart. So God, I pray that we would be open to receiving what you have for us today. Speak to each and every person in this room. God, from someone that is in this room that feels so far away from you, God, I pray that you would draw close to them. God, I pray that they would feel your presence in this place. God, I pray that each and every one of us would know you more, and we would all be closer to you by the time we leave this church today. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. The Great Commission, the Great Commission, how does that phrase hit you? What does that phrase mean to you, the Great Commission? I got to be honest. There have been times in my life where I felt like the Great Commission maybe didn't. I like to move around, so I'm going to move this. Hope that's all right. The Great Commission, I felt like at certain times in my life, didn't apply to me at that stage of my life. I'm just being honest. Now, I want you to know my story a little bit. I was born and raised in church, and I was in church my pretty much my entire life. I was literally born on a Thursday and in church on a Sunday, and I never left, all right? I got a cot here, actually. No, I'm joking. But seriously, I feel like I never left. Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, Wednesday night church. I was surrounded by a great family of Christians. And I would go to school. And when I went to school, I felt like I was just doing my time. It was almost like a prison sentence, right? Like, I got to do my time so I can get out, so that God can use me. That's what I would think. I can't wait until I'm out of school and then God can really use me and I can become a pastor and then I can really do what God is calling me to do. Well, when I think back now, the last time I was around that many unsaved people was, was, was high school, I guess. Because I went from high school to Bible college, Bible college to working in a church, and it's now looking back, I'm like, man, what a mission field. Thankfully, halfway through my junior year, God really got a hold of my life. And he said, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're passing up so many opportunities that you have every single day. But maybe, as I tell you my story, you're thinking, you know what? I've thought that. I think that. When my job changes or when this happens or that happens, that's when I'm going to get better about sharing my faith. That's when I'm going to get better about telling people about the love of Jesus. You know what? Nobody around me wants to hear it. I'm just going to wait until I'm a little older or this happens or that happens, whatever it may be. You may be in this room thinking that very thing. You might be thinking that the Great Commission is for pastors, evangelists, missionaries. Well, you're right. It is, but it's also for you as well. 
it is for you as well. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, that commandment is for you. It's not called the great suggestion. You've been commissioned. You've been given a job. So what I want to do is I want to break this down. I know when we were in when we were in school, we were taught to ask certain questions, right? When you're gathering information, you ask these questions, who, what, when, where, why, and how. We're going to start with number one, who. Who. Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So the two different who's that I want to talk about is who is he talking to? Us. He's talking to us. Who should we be ministering to? The Bible says all creation. All creation. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I felt convicted about who I'm willing to share the gospel with. Can I just be real and transparent with you? That's happened to me. Maybe someone is too different from me. Looks different, talks different, acts different, whatever. I'm just not comfortable talking to them about my faith. I'm so thankful that Jesus wasn't like that. I'm so thankful that Jesus was willing to talk to the outcast, that Jesus was willing to talk to those who were hated, those that looked different, talked different, acted different. We read in Luke 19 about Jesus and this interaction with, with Zacchaeus. He was hated. He was a tax collector. He stole from his own people. He was known as a sinner. And what did Jesus say to him? I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house today. Not only did he minister to Zacchaeus, what about the woman at the well? In John chapter 4, we read about the woman at the well. And she is coming to the well at a weird time of day. Why? Because she's a social outcast. Because she's living a life making horrible decisions, sleeping around. Let's just call it what it is, sleeping around. Not only that, she's a Samaritan. So when Jesus approaches her, they're supposed to be at odds. They're not supposed to like each other. And yet Jesus is found ministering to this person, this woman at the well. That should challenge me and you, who has God brought into your life that maybe you're like, eh, they're in someone else's mission field, not really mine. We don't really talk the same, look the same, act the same, whatever. They, they do their thing, I do mine. God's going to bring someone else into their lives to minister to them. Guess what? You're someone else. God has called you to do what you're doing at this time for a reason. God has put people in your sphere of influence for a reason. We should be willing to love on those who seem unlovable. Don't you think that people had a problem with the way that Jesus was doing his ministry? Loving on people? Absolutely. You think people were whispering, oh my word, I can't believe he's talking to her. Does he know what she's done? She has slept around She's horrible. There's a reason she's there in the middle of the day when no one else is there. He wants to hang out with Zacchaeus? Are you kidding me? 
That dude is taking so much money from me. I hate him. And Jesus is hanging out with him? Church, that's who we are called to minister to. Those that are easy to minister to, to share our faith with. And those who are not easy to share our faith with. That's who we are called to witness to. Sometimes it's easier to walk up to a stranger on the street and tell them about Jesus than it is to talk to your friends, family, or coworkers. Because they're going to go, well, he's, he's a weirdo and he believes in imaginary people and angels and all this kind of stuff, right? It's easier sometimes to just swoop in and say something to someone and then they're out of your life. It's harder sometimes. I have family members in my life that I am praying for opportunities for God to open the door. Sharing my faith, the way that I talk, the way that I act, the decisions that I make. Praying that God is going to open up a door. Because so far that door has been closed and they want nothing to do with it. But I believe that God has me in their life for a reason. He has people in your lives for a reason. Next question we ask ourselves is what? Well, let's look at Mark 16, 15 again. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. If we look at the definition of gospel, what is it? The good news. The good news. That is what we should be proclaiming, the good news of Jesus Christ. Imagine being on death row and someone walks in and says, actually, you're free. You don't have to serve this sentence anymore. You don't have to feel this guilt anymore. You are free. And not only that, but someone's going to take care of you for the rest of your life. Imagine that feeling. That sounds like good news to me. As Christians, there are times that we get wrapped up in arguments and we get wrapped up in judgment, and we get wrapped up in conviction. We overstep, and we end up in the place where the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is supposed to be doing, not us. I'm called to preach the good news. The good news of Jesus. All that other stuff is part of it, absolutely. But the Holy Spirit does that. We take part. We have certain roles, absolutely. But that initial conversation or, or when you're talking to people about Jesus, you should be spreading the gospel, the good news to all creation. When? When do we do this? When do we fulfill the Great Commission? Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. I don't see the word wait. I don't see the word go later. I see go. That is an action word. Now. When do we spread the gospel, the good news? Now. It says in John 4, verse 35, Jesus says, Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Do you know what we're good at as Christians? Complaining about the way things are. That's what we're good at. How about we be a part of the solution? 
right? How about we be a part of the solution? I want to be a part of the solution by telling those around me about Jesus rather than just complaining about those around me. Now is the time. Matthew 9, verse 37 and 38 says, Then he said to the disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is ready. There are people out there that are searching. When's the last time you watched the news or, or read the newspaper or looked at something online and your heart just broke? We are living in crazy times. And do you know what's going to help with those crazy times? Not a politician, a savior. That is gonna, that's what's going to help the times that we are living in right now. Be a good American and vote and do all that good stuff. Absolutely. But these people, this dying world needs a savior. And his name is Jesus Christ. They are ready and they are looking. I was just having a conversation with Rick and Sharon earlier about the crazy times that we live in today. Imagine trying to tell someone in 1950 about the issues and things that we're dealing with today. They'd go, what planet are you living on? That can't be earth. All of creation is crying out that we need a savior. We have been commissioned. Commissioned. Not to bring up another good idea. We have been commissioned to bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Another when. When do we do this? Always. Always. We're not just Christians on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights or whenever we're going to this group or that group or when we're with our Christian friends. We should be ready at all times to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16 says this, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against, you, against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Always be prepared. You're not just a Christian in church. You're not just a Christian at home. When you're in the workplace, you're a Christian. You should be sharing the love of Jesus in everything that you do. Every opportunity that you get, we should always be ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ. The next question that we want to ask ourselves is where? Where? Where do we share the gospel? Where do we fulfill the Great Commission? Only in church? He said to them, go out into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. All the world. All the world. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Everywhere we go is our mission field. I'm going to reference back to my story a little bit. Again, I could not wait to get out of high school so that God could use me in the ministry. Man, I can't wait to be a pastor. Then, then God could use me. Meanwhile, I'm in a public high school surrounded by people who are li living crazy lives 
and I got my mouth shut. Because I thought I had to wait until I was outside of that school. Until I was in a different place. Church, if we change the way that we think, if we change the way that we look at things, and we say, God, how can you use me in this situation? Does anybody have drama going on in their lives? You don't have to raise your hand. Probably all of us, right? Family drama, work drama, drama in the neighborhood, you didn't put your trash cans away quick enough, whatever it is. Drama, 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 drama. People are bored, and instead of getting a hobby, drama becomes their hobby. Instead of going, oh, this stinks, how can we, how can we be used by God in that moment and in that situation? It's a pers- perspective change. When instead of like, God, just remove this from me, and we say, God, how do you want to use me in this moment? I don't know about you, but there have been times that I've looked at people around me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so amazing at bringing people to God. How do they do that? They just must have something I don't. They must have a gifting. They must have a way with words that I don't have. That's got to be what's it. No. That's not it at all. They take every opportunity that they have to say, can I pray with you about that? Can I talk with you about that? Can I tell you what Jesus has done in my life? Can I tell you some good news today? Wherever we find ourselves, church, that is our mission field. We are missionaries in that place. Number five, why? Why? Why would I do this? Why should I take part of this? Well, it's called the Great Commission for a reason. You have been commissioned. You have been commanded. When I was a kid's pastor, I used to tell the kids, we didn't use the phrasing the Great Commission. We used phrasing the Great Commandment. Like I already said, this isn't a suggestion. Jesus wasn't like, hey guys, if you got time and you think about it, would you mind? That's not the way that worked. He said, go. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to all creation. He said it with authority. Why do we do it? Because we were commanded. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If we want to help this lost and dying world, the way to do that is by pointing them to our Savior, the Savior. And that is the only way that they can get to the Father. Church, you've probably heard me say this already in the month and a half, two months almost, that we've been here. This church is a battleship, not a cruise ship. If you are in this place and you're like, oh, this is lovely. I just came to hear a good word and sit in the pew and then leave. That's not what we're about here. We're going to man our battle stations. And if there's anything that I've learned on a battleship, we went one time and got to explore um, a submarine one time. Everybody on that submarine had a job. They weren't, their job wasn't to go catch some rays up on you know, the top there. It wasn't where we eat next. When I talk to people about cruises, 
Can I tell you one thing just about me a little bit? I'm gonna, sorry, I'm going to. Cruises aren't so appealing to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one. Some people love cruises. Do you, anybody in here love cruises? Come on, you can be honest. No, a few of you. All right. It's hard for me. I'm like, stuck on a boat? Stuck on a boat. I can't go anywhere. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. Trust me. You don't even feel like you're on a boat. And I'm just like, I don't, that's not super appealing. But when I talk to people about cruises, what do they talk about a lot? Oh, the food. The food. All-inclusive, man. I can have a steak three times a day. Ice cream whenever I want it. There was pools, and then, oh, there was, a, there was a comedian at night, or there was a, you know, they did a concert, or they did this, they did that. Whatever they talk about on the cruise, you're like, wow, you did a whole lot of nothing except maybe put on some pounds, right? I mean, really, really. That's what a cruise ship is. There are churches in America that are cruise ships. We will not be one. We will not be one. We were not called to be a cruise ship. We were called to be a battleship. We were called to be used by God outside of this place. I cannot wait until this church is just bursting at the seams with new converts. Not for numbers' sake. For souls' sake. For eternity's sake, for Northville's sake, for Detroit's sake. That's where my heart is. God, don't let me come to the place where I'm comfortable. And all I care about is coming in. And they didn't sing the songs that I like. The preacher preached too long. He didn't tell enough jokes. It wasn't that funny today. They were out of coffee. Man. I don't ever want that. I don't ever want that to be said or to be the attitude here. And I want us as a whole, maybe if that rhetoric starts happening to kind of, hey, 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 that's not what we're about here. There's probably a church somewhere in this area, there's a lot of them, who are all about that. That's not us. We will be uncomfortable at times. We will be. You don't think people that serve on a, or are, in the military, on a battleship, you don't think they're uncomfortable? Absolutely they are. It's work. But if we want to truly be used by God, we're going to be uncomfortable. My last point, I'm going to call the band up, is how. How. How do we fulfill the Great Commission? How do we fill this commandment that we were given? And I'm talking about practically. I've said the Great Commission probably 10 times in this sermon already. You guys probably know it by heart. How, though, how do we fulfill this commandment that we were given? Can I just talk to you as your pastor, as a friend, as a normal guy? Can I give you some encouragement? Share your story. Share your story. It says in Revelation that they will overcome him, talking about Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Testimony. There have been times when I've sat across 
from people at a table and debated Scripture and what the Bible says and what was really meant and all this kind of stuff. You know what someone cannot debate me on? My story. When I say I was lost but now I'm found, when I say I was bound, now I'm set free, when I said I didn't have no, no peace and now all I have is peace, you can't argue with that. You cannot argue with that. And that's what people are looking for. That's what people are looking for. They want to hear your story. I used to and still do get intimidated at times where I'm like, oh, I'm about to, to witness to somebody and what if they ask a question that I don't know the answer to? Especially now that I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to have memorized this whole thing, right? I haven't. What do I do? And then I have the opportunity to just share my story. I share my story and what Jesus has done for me. That changes people. I love to ask new converts, people who just recently decided to follow Jesus, new Christians, what made you decide? Or what brought you to this church? What made you come? What made you stay? What made you make that decision? And most of the time, people will reference at some point, you guys just seem like real people. You just seem normal. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm mostly normal, I guess. But people have this thing in their minds where they're like, oh, I, I'll never be that. I'll never be perfect. I'll never be whatever it is. They think they're not worthy. But when you can say, hey, 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 let's just talk. Can I share with you my story? These walls that are built up begin to come down. They begin to fall down. They go, I had no idea. I didn't know you went through that. I didn't know you had cancer. I didn't know that you lost a loved one. I, I didn't know that. But you seem so happy. How can you be happy? Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about what he's done for me. When we are sharing our story, when we are sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, we need to do it both in word, the way that we talk, and in deed, the way that we act. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it, with, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You guys have probably heard this quote before. <clears throat> it says, Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. And I love that because... To use words if necessary, I get where they're going, and eventually at some point we're using words, right? But how powerful when someone can just watch you and go, Chuck, there's something different about you, man. You're in the same situation I am. We have the same horrible manager together. We're dealing with the same work drama together, and you're smiling? That person that just treated you horribly, that person that just was talking bad about you, to, to get a raise or to get promoted over you? You prayed for them? What? The decisions you make with the way that you raise your kids? 
Why? I don't understand. I don't understand. Church, the way that we talk and the way that we act better be different than those outside of this place. The way that we talk and the way that we act, the way that we respond online, the way that we respond to someone who cuts us off while we're driving, the way we respond to the rude little old lady in the grocery store who rammed into you with her cart, the way that we act needs to show people that we love Jesus and there's something different about us. That's when the questions come. You struggle to start the conversation? Just act different. They'll start the conversation. You just have to be ready to say, it's just Jesus in me. It's what Jesus has done in my life. That's why I'm different. The last thing I want to point out in regards to how we do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Why do we receive the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? To be witnesses wherever we go. Church, will you stay with me this morning? As we begin to, to wrap this service up, I'm going to read the Great Commission one more time, and I want you to pay attention to the four alls. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All authority. Jesus was given all authority. And he tells us to go to all nations, to communicate all of his teachings, and we will be empowered by his presence at all times, always. Church, here's my hope this morning, is that as you were in here, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to your heart, challenging you, saying, hey, when's the last time that you shared your story, his story with someone. When's the last time? That opportunity that you had yesterday with a neighbor, did you take it? With that coworker this week, did you take the opportunity? Are we a cruise ship or are we a battleship? If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Ben, I've actually never even accepted Jesus myself. I've never come to the place where I made him Lord of my life. Or you say, Pastor Ben, I, at one point I did, but I've walked away. I've walked away. Today's your day. Today's your day. We're going to have an incredible prayer team up front that would love to pray with you and talk with you as you make a decision. That's what it comes down to, a decision. Where you say, you know what? I've been trying it my own way. I've been doing it my own way. And it just leads to hurt and pain and frustration. 
But today I want to do it His way. And what you're saying just seems to resonate within me. There's something in me saying, man, what that guy is saying is true. And it's worth living for. We're going to go into a song here in a few minutes. And when we do, there's going to be people up here to pray with you, for you. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. They've been praying for you all morning. They're looking for this opportunity. They can't wait to talk to you. Don't be nervous. Come up front when this song begins to play. Maybe you're in this room and you say, you know what, Ben, I feel convicted. The Holy Spirit is talking to me today. And there have been things that I should be doing and I haven't been. Or you're in this place and you say, you know what, I haven't been doing I don't feel conviction at all. That's a problem too. We're going to pray about that. It's a great opportunity to say, God, give me a heart for my community. God, give me a heart for my neighbors. God, give me a heart for my school. God, give me a heart for my workplace. Church, we're going to have an opportunity to respond. And if that's you in this place, I'm going to pray. We're going to go into a worship song. And then I want to invite you to come forward and meet with Jesus this morning. Lord, we love you and we are so grateful for your word. And we are so grateful for your Holy Spirit. that both point us in a direction and tell us where to go and what to do. God, I pray that we would not be lazy. God, I pray that we would not come to the place where we are just enjoying coming here and getting spiritually fed, but there's no spiritual exercise to go along with it. God, I just pray that Northville Christian would have a heart for this community. God, that we would be uncomfortable to fulfill whatever you're calling us to do. That we would be willing to step out and to share our story, which is ultimately your story, with anybody that we come into contact with. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. Speak to us this morning in Jesus' name.
Yeah.
church, if we would just continue in our atmosphere of worship and praise, we have a couple, we have a word for us this morning. Let's hear what God has to say to us. My children, my dear, dear children, I am here today to remind you that I am watching over you, that I'm seeing everything, everything that you're going through, every trial, every struggle, every tear that you shed. I am reminding you, I am reminding you today that I am your God of comfort. I am the God of comfort and strength. And I have come today to remind you of that. But my children, you must come to me to receive this comfort, receive the strength that I have for you. I know what you're going through, my children, and I'm here for you. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting for you to come to me so I can give you all the comfort and all the strength you need so that you can go forth and give praise to me, praise to my name, and do the Great Commission. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for the reminder because too often when we get in the midst of the storms and the difficulties and the challenges of life or just the clutter that invades our life while we're out in the world, we can so easily forget about your greatness and your goodness and the fact that you are with us all the time. You never leave us. You are present in every situation. You're there to give us wisdom and grace and empowerment. Lord, would you, Holy Spirit, would you just remind us to remember in those moments the greatness of our God and your faithfulness to us. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this message. God, may it rivet into our hearts and may you just remind us afresh of your goodness and your greatness and your willingness to work with us if we'll just turn to you. We love you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, you may be seated for a moment. We've got some special prayer requests that are coming up on the screen and we'll just take a look at those and pray for those as well. Uh, Europe is our focus for our missionaries and there are several needs concerning cancer, surgery, recovery in hospitals from car accidents, a need for healing in eyesight, shingles is still there, and there's needs for healing. And there's a host of other ones that have come through this week as well. And really, it's, it's often too much for all of us to, to remember every one of those needs, but God does. Now, you probably remember, you probably know some specific ones that are friends of yours, that are people that you know about, prayer requests that you've heard about, so as we lift these up, just lift up those individuals that you are very much aware of. They could be family members. They could be individuals that have come into your life that you know about. Let's believe God together. Let's combine our faith and trust God to do what he, only he can do. Lord Jesus, we thank you for every one of these requests. And Lord, we don't know every one of them, but you do. You know every one of them, and they are precious to you, Savior. They are precious to your heart, and you're longing to step into their lives with your grace in your empowerment and so we pray that now in the hospital rooms for those that are still there those that are about ready to have surgery or have had surgery we pray for them as well that your healing process would even begin now and go through the whole process of the surgery and recovery times afterwards we pray for those that are battling cancer and other various ailments that can only be dealt with by you we pray for the doctors in their lives. We pray for the medications that are there. We thank you for those things, but they have their limitations. But you don't. You are unlimited in your care. And we pray for the great physician, 
to be at work in every one of these lives, those that we know about and those that we don't in our church, God. Thank you that you are the great shepherd. We see things, we pray for things, but we have limitations ourselves, even as a pastoral staff. But God, you know every one of them. And so we lift them up to you. We pray for your great work in their lives, the miraculous workings of Jesus Christ, the great healer. Would you step into these homes? Would you step into these lives and just minister your healing power and your ministry to them? And we thank you for this now. In Jesus' wonderful and powerful name, amen. Okay, I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. We'll be taking up our morning offering. And as they do, we'll be looking at some of our announcements for this morning, just a few quick ones. Uh, so ushers, you can just begin as soon as you get to the front row. And I'm going to invite Chuck up to give our first announcement. Hey, number one announcement. Hey. <laughs> Hey guys, I just wanted to remind you again, uh, take, take the time out this week and sign up for the Generations Men's Retreat um, that's coming up on uh, September 16th and 17th. Pastor Ben will be there, I'll be there, the worship team will be there. A lot of our guys have already signed up. I just come back to give you a reminder, please go online at mishmen.org and you guys can put all your information in there and you can sign up. I'm, I'm just asking guys, don't miss this opportunity. We have one of the highest executive leadership that we have in the Assembly of God. Rick DuBose is going to be our keynote speaker. Guys, he's phenomenal. He really is phenomenal. And it's a rare occasion that we're going to get that type of leadership uh, to come to an event for us. So let me remind you, guys, sign it up. And if you have any questions, come see me. All right? Love you guys. Grief Share Ministry is going to be getting a new session September 8th on a Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. And uh, if you don't know about Grief Share, it's a ministry for those who have lost a loved one. It could be a family member or a dear friend. And uh, it is a powerful ministry. And we've got a video to, sh to show you some of the effects that take place during this time frame of ministry. For Grief Share. My name's Nunzio, um, and uh, Grief Share, to me, I was really unaware. And I had no idea there was even a class out there. Um, I knew that there had to be something that was actually out there for people that were suffering like I was, uh, but I didn't know where to find it. And, um, but one day, uh, I was driving down Six Mile Road, and many times I've been down Six Mile, uh, thousands of times, driven by uh, your church. Uh, here at uh, Northville, and uh, my car just drove in. I mean, it was literally that way. It just went into the parking lot. So I Googled the church and got the phone number, 